This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Diego ready to go with the first pitch on its way. Swing and a line drive left side of the infield. Fielded by Wendell. He made the catch. Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. And they're on their way to the American League Championship Series as they knock off the New York Yankees 2-1. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. Just a swing and a drive, hit well in the air towards right. Mookie Betts going back to the wall. Gone! A first-inning homer for Randy Arozarena, number 10 of the postseason. It's one nothing Rays. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good morning and welcome to our show. Today we'll chat with Ryan Yarbrough, who soon will be a dad for the first time. Eric Neander, Carlos Rodriguez, and Durham manager Brady Williams will join us to talk about Wander Franco in his big league debut. Plus, we'll chat with prospect Curtis Mead, who, like Franco, is 20 years of age. Well, we continue on this week in Rays Baseball, and our featured guest uh, comes a week after our Father's Day edition, and he's going to be a dad for the first time this fall, and that's Ryan Yarbrough. Ryan, have you thought about... uh, a lot lately about what it's going to be when you're a dad for the first time? Hey, Neil. First off, appreciate you having me. And it's been one of those things where we're starting to get the nursery all set up. So I think it's it's really starting to set in and become a little more real. Like Obviously, it has been. But the closer it gets, the more nerves and excitement you get. So we're getting excited and getting everything all set up. What has you most excited about being a dad? And are you an uncle already? Or is this going to be first for everything with you? Yeah, no, this is a first with everything. I have an older brother, but uh, this will be the first grandchild for Nicole and our parents. So everyone's super excited. I'm still, like most guys, I'm sure, are very not known into the baby world of uh, babysitting and changing diapers. That'll be a fun, a fun little experience, I'm sure. But she's really prepared. She's done that all all the time growing up. So it'll be a big learning curve for me. Okay. So the baby's due in October. How do you work? Let's hope that there's a whole lot of postseason to work around. How's how's that all come into being? Yeah, it's it's going to be like around middle of October, somewhere around there. And yeah, obviously the the goal is to be in playoffs, and even better goals would be hopefully we'll be at the Trop when everything kind of <laughs> goes down this year. Hopefully we won't have to worry about going to a alternate side like San Diego last year. We'll be able to have normal kind of playoffs. So just hopefully fingers crossed everything kind of goes according to plan. Certainly hope that's the case. All right, a little fun question about this. Of your teammates, who would, let's say in the future, you want a date night with Nicole, who is the most likely person you'd have watch your baby and the least likely you'd have watch your baby? <laughs> oh, man, we might some ruffle some feathers here. I don't know. It's 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 unique because a lot of the guys were all around that similar age. We're all starting to have kids or have a lot of teammates who have young children. So there's a lot of good candidates I feel like the guy who would immediately want to watch my kid because he's already brought it up even before we were gotten pregnant was Shane McClanahan with how much he's lived with us. He was like, dude, I'll watch your baby. I don't know how it'll go. Uh, but he, I think he's up to the task, I think, in, in theory. 
But like him, like guys I'm really close with, like Pete Fairbanks, a lot of the pitching guys that you kind of see on a regular basis. Man, I, I don't know anybody on the on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe someone who's so single they have no shirt. I don't know. Like it's a it could be one of those things, man. I'm not I'm not really sure how who would be. I'm sure most people have those uh, fatherly instincts to kind of get through it all. Sure, and you've got now the, kind of the yin and yang on your team with age, with now Rich Hill at one end and Wander Franco at the other end. Do you remember what you were doing when you were 20 years old, and how how much fun is this for you to kind of watch? It's honestly been extremely impressive about how good he is at that young of an age. I was uh, noting even last night in our, against our game, he literally fouled off a ball, like just a high fast ball that was going to be called a third strike, but he knew he couldn't do anything with. Just fouled it off like just really like veteran pro uh, foul off just to kind of keep the at back going. You don't really see that from guys who are 20 years old, so that's really impressive. And I mean, for me, I was I was still in college, just getting to Old Dominion at that point from junior college, so. I couldn't even imagine trying to be in the big leagues at that point. That just shows you how good and how impressive he is. 2001 was when he was born. Do you remember anything about the year 2001? My gosh, I was, what, 10 years old maybe? My goodness. So, I mean, good for him. They just keep getting younger, man. They just keep getting better. And, I mean, it's just fun to watch him go out there and play. But you've also got the oldest player in franchise history now on the roster in Rich Hill. What have you learned from Rich this year? He's man. He he goes out there, and it's just really impressive about how he goes about his business. And I feel like we got a really good sense with that the last couple of years with guys who's been around a while, Charlie Morton, and now you're able to see another glimpse into it with with Rich. And look, he works his butt off, and I'm telling guys, and I'll tell him straight to his face, if I could be throwing how he's throwing at 41, sign me up all day. I'm all for it. So as a fellow left-hander, though, are there things you can pick up because he does some really unique things. He Sometimes he'll pause his delivery, he'll change his delivery, he'll change his arm angle. Are those things, Is a guy who does work, you know, is kind of more a finesse guy like Rich that you can gain from him? Yeah, I think he, he really keeps guys off balance. And it's it's really impressive for a guy with his kind of stuff, just how he throws, how many fastballs, especially for strike threes that get taken. You don't really see that in the big leagues anymore with how aggressive guys can be. So it's just alludes to how good his stuff is. And I think, yeah, I've been able to pick up on some things and try to talk to him a little, especially when he kind of drops down. We're going to get more of a similar arm slot, so how he can be effective against guys and um, along those lines. But it's just incredible how he's been throwing this year. That When he was a pitcher of the month, just that role he was on was incredible, and he's kind of continued that throughout the rest of the year. I think you had mentioned you learned a lot about Charlie from a routine standpoint, right. too. Are there things that Rich does that are different that have also helped you a little bit? Yeah, I think for anything, he just how much he content like all the work that he puts in, man. It's all the stuff he does in the weight room to kind of get himself in the best position every five days. Uh, the recovery, everything that he's kind of put into his process is you kind of just watch him and pick his pick his mind about hey, what are you kind of thinking here? What are you trying to do on certain days, especially day after, where you're just trying to do as much as you can to get your body to recover. So. Definitely picked up some things along those lines, and I'll definitely continue that the rest of the year. Rich Hill, or rather, Ryan Yarbrough with us on this week in race baseball. We talked about, you know, the, the kind of differences in age gaps, but you've always been someone who's very community-minded. If someone is having his first child, does reading with the Rays become even a little more important to you? And if so, why? Yeah, I think that was when they asked me to do I think that we even got a little bit more um, 
emphasis on younger younger kids' books. So I feel like that's going to be the, the best thing. Is I've really enjoyed doing that the last couple of years, especially since I've been up. And unfortunately, we still haven't been able to do it in person. It's been all virtual. So whenever we can get back to that, I think that'll be really rewarding to kind of be able to be there with them and kind of experience that with them. But uh, I, th- I think it's just showing, like, when you're able to read those books and you kind of imagine, like, being able to do that with my daughter in the future. So I'll be definitely looking forward and cherishing those moments as they come. But uh, definitely in doing that, I know Nicole and I, my wife, we're, we're trying to figure out some things about helping the community as we as we go through this year. And you know, last year we were able to do some stuff through the pandemic, and we're just trying to find ways that we can kind of help the community, and we're trying to think mm-hmm. through that process as we speak. Do you have a favorite kids' book that you've liked to read to, to children so far? Man, uh, we've had a couple. Uh, I'll tell you the most challenging one. I don't know if I've read it a couple times. Is that the Kevin Kiermeyer Ray's book? I don't know if you've read that one. It's first of all, it's long and it's got a lot of hard rhymes in it, so that one definitely is a little challenging. But honestly, I think the one that I always grew up was uh, "I'll Love You Forever." That one was the biggest one for our family. And there's just a bunch of great books out there. I don't know why for the one on top of my head is "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie." I don't know why that one's on top of my mind, but I'm sure you've read that one a bunch of times. So. Uh, there's a bunch of great ones, and my wife's already picking up a ton of books, so I'm sure we will be having a, a good assortment. You've had some really good moments on the field as we touch on what you did off the field. When you look back now at that complete game, how much has that helped you? How much do you think it's changed you for your future? I was It was a pretty cool moment, um, to be completely honest with you. I feel like it didn't really set in until maybe the next day. I feel like that's kind of how I process some things. I'm so locked in and just trying to go out there and do my job. Or the magnitude of it, especially not realizing that Matt Andrees did, did it like five years ago or something along those lines. And just kind of how the Rays play baseball and how we're successful. So kind of be able to do that and have everyone kind of support me, like for everything that's been talked about, the other the other starting pitchers jumping over the rails and the, the bullpen guys being super ecstatic about giving them a day off. So just doing that and everything I can because for the most part as a pitcher, your, your whole goal is to try to go out there and throw as long as possible and for most guys that's you hope is the whole game but that doesn't always end up being the case when you finally do it it's like okay it's just as expected I guess in a way but at the same time you realize it's not something that happens very often where did that rank up now in terms of your best moments as an individual I think it's definitely up there I've, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of great moments here with in my career so far with the Rays with the almost perfect game um, even that moment that maybe not ended the way I wanted to Seattle was really great accomplishment Maybe getting tying the rookie record of wins my first year in 18 and then ended up breaking it. So, And then obviously with being able to start a game in the World Series and pitch in the World Series. So I've been, I've been very blessed with how many great moments I've had here. But that's definitely up there. What, for this year, you've had the really great moments. You've had some up and down moments. What do you think uh, will allow you to get to where you want to be by the end of the year, individually and for this team? Look, I think we're we're off to a great start as a team. I think it's a very humbling and experience when you kind of have on those skids with seven game losing streaks, and especially when we were going so well, to kind of keep us grinding and keep us humble. So, I think in a way that might be really good for us. No one ever wants to experience that, especially the way of having so many walk offs consecutively and losing an extra innings. Those those definitely aren't the greatest moments to be a part of. But I think it'll be good for us down the road. And look. I had a really good streak of throwing really well. These last couple ones have not really been how I want them to be. Uh, but I think it's just how the season goes. Um, it's a long season. You kind of have those ups and downs, and you just got to work through them. And, look, there's still a ton of innings, ton of games left. I mean, we're right about halfway. So uh, when you realize that, you understand, just go back to the grindstone and put your work in, and everything will kind of be where you want to be at the end. What does Kyle do well with you when things are going right to keep you there and when things aren't going right to get you on track? 
Yeah, I think when everything's going really well, you try to really simplify things and uh, try not to overdo things because you're already in a really good place. And I think when maybe you're not going so great, that maybe those, I think everyone has those maybe thoughts of creep in, like, okay, what do I need to do? I need to change some things. This obviously isn't working. Understanding, like, hey, take a deep breath. Understand we might have to make some minor changes, but let's not reinvent the wheel here. You're here for a reason. Um, let's put the work in and we'll get you back on track. So he does a really good job of kind of keeping you in that great mental state. He seems to be something really good for everyone in a different way. Is he like a brother figure, a father figure for you? How do you see your relationship with Kyle and how has it grown over the years? Yeah, I think it's, I've been honestly very blessed that every year I've been with the Rays organization that he's been my pitching coach ever since 2017 in Durham and then every year in the big league. So just being able to have him, a guy who's seen you over the years and understand when you're really good and maybe a little things or cues that'll kind of help you get back on track that maybe some guys, if you're brand new with, aren't necessarily going to be able to help you with just because of the long experience you've had with each other. So definitely a guy I can reach out to any point, and, and even when I'm maybe not longer with him, I think I'll always be able to reach out to him and get some help from him. And as someone who grew up in this area, do you ever lose that feel, or or does it ever become, I don't know if accepted is the right word, or does it still feel always special to you to be a guy who grew up here playing here? Yeah, I think it's I think it's always just going to be special over the fact that my parents and everyone are always a short drive away and they're literally always here to see my games. It's I'm lucky enough that I'm throwing every 5 days that it's pretty scheduled that my parents can do make sure their schedules are free that they're able to come and see the games, which is always extremely nice cuz most guys are basically like, "Oh, we're on the road, they're, my parents are driving in, they're kind of doing that." To be able to do that throughout the whole year and then be able to experience playoffs and everything here and in the off season, especially when our baby's born. It just makes it that much easier having the family here and makes it a lot more more fun. And obviously no season. You're going to go through 33 starts, you know, every, where everything goes well. Right. How helpful is Nicole because of the fact that she was a former athlete at Old Dominion and a really good one too? Yeah, I, th- I think it helps where she kind of helps keep things in perspective. And let's be honest, if you're not, th- if you're not throwing well, maybe that day you're going to dwell on it a little bit too long and she'll maybe like kind of help you just – think of the positive things that you did really well and I think that's just when you have a, a person like that where you can rely on especially your your best friend and your wife that can kind of help you get through those times I think that's the biggest blessing well here's to many more blessings in your life coming forward uh, best of luck as uh, becoming a first-time dad and best of luck the rest of the season all right thanks Neil thanks for having me that's Ryan Yarbrough and we'll continue right after this on the Rays Baseball Network we continue on this week in Rays baseball, and obviously this is a big week for the Rays with Wander Franco promoted, and who better to chat about it than Eric Neander. Uh, Eric, thanks very much for a few minutes. As you look back, what was the hardest part about coming to a decision on Wander and when to bring him up? I think, you know, it, the potential of Wander is obvious and has been well chronicled for, for some time now. I think with that, there, there's a responsibility that we have to put him in the best position, not just to keep his head above water as a major league player, but to fulfill and maximize his uh, immense potential. And you never know the right time until you provide the opportunity. And um, we felt based on what he had done that this was the right opportunity and he was best prepared for it. But it's not just the box scores and the on-field performance. This is a 20-year-old with a lot of eyes and a lot of attention on him. And that's something that I certainly wouldn't have been able to handle it at that age. And you want to make sure you do right by the human being in this case and providing him the appropriate support, making sure that not just physically, but emotionally and mentally, he's best equipped for, for all that he's going to have to handle. 
And like I said, you never know until the opportunity is there, but believe he is well positioned to take that on at this point. And we're excited to see him do so. So emotionally and mentally, what did you see, Eric, that led you guys to make the decision to pull the trigger at that point? What, what made him ready from that aspect? Well, I, I think, look, we, the, with no minor league games last year, there was um, just a, a very high level of excitement for our players and staff, to, and rightfully so, to get back to games. But, you know, all right, let's settle in for a little bit. Let's, let's see where, you know, once that initial excitement and shine, you know, starts to fade a little bit and we get into the grind of things and the routines, you know, where, where does the energy set in? Where does the, the work ethic set in? Where do the routines set in? Those are all things that are really important to assess um, because those are the things that are going to carry you to success as a major league player, not just for this year and, and beyond. And, you know, those, those things uh, remain very consistent throughout the, the Durham season, listening to the feedback from our Durham staff, uh, especially, uh, and letting them really guide this um, and, and, and to weigh in on, on his readiness and his desires to be as good as he can possibly be and uh, consistently putting the work in to, to make that possible. There's no perfect day to bring up a big league player, Eric, but was there any hesitancy based on the fact that the team had dropped six in a row when you decided to call him up just because you don't want people to look at him as He's the guy who's going to help fix it as a 20 year old. Yeah. I mean, look, that's with everything that he has on him, that's probably not too far up the list relative to all the expectations he's, he's carrying. I mean, it, it crossed our mind, but this wasn't something that was decided Sunday night. Yeah. This is something that that's when, when he was notified, but these were discussions ongoing over, you know, some period of time and watching his performance, watching the way he's gone about his business. And, you know, the days prior, this was something that we were really starting to to firm up. And at that point, we didn't know we'd be in a position to lose six in a row. And like I said, felt that was the right time, beginning of a homestand, the excitement. And I think something our fans deserve, you know, to have that, and to do it at home. And yeah, we're going to let an unfortunate losing streak change those plans. And like I said, I, I think he's got a lot of other expectations on him. I don't think us having lost six in a row in tight games like that was going to change much in his mind about going about his business and competing. I, I think what stood out, obviously, beyond the tools, when the Rays, have, Rays fans have seen him play this you know, first couple of series is uh, beyond the hit tools is the energy with which he plays and the things he does when he doesn't hit. How important is that for you in terms of when you made your decision? Really, really important. Yeah, like I said, the the energy, the he's 20 years old. It, you know, some of his his gifts and his talents are very obvious, but it's the he cares. You know, he cares about winning games. He cares about playing the game the right way. You know, we saw him in this Boston series. You know, busted on a very routine ground ball to second base that you know he forced some pressure and it led to a run and extended an inning. You know, those are those are the types of things that help to earn the credibility and and the respect of your much older teammates, you know, and you know that's such a vital part to this, but it's for, for someone his age, he plays with a maturity that's beyond his years. That's not to say that there won't be mistakes and learning experiences along the way. Those will certainly be there and, and they've been there, but his responses to, you know, to those lessons has been wonderful. And you, you see it, I, this is the kind of energy and enthusiasm that we've, we've come to expect from him and believe it's something he's going to continue forward. Is it a good thing that he had not struck out what more than twice in a minor league game or and then in his third game he strikes out three times is it good to be humbled a little bit in your first week in the big leagues is it how do you think he handles something like that 
think we'd all rather it never happened, but that's not <laughs> practical. I mean, the fact that he has made it this far in his professional career and never have had that happen, I, I, downright amazing. <laughs> I don't know best how to characterize it, but yeah, look, the, the, you can't fully prepare for major league arms uh, in the minor leagues. And you know, the other night against Pavetta there, and Pavetta was as good as he's been perhaps ever in his major league career, the, the power, you know, the velocity out of the gates, the, and more so just the execution, he was so sharp. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's something that, you know, those are lessons to be learned. And there's only one place you can learn those lessons. And you saw some of the competitiveness, the frustration that's there. Um, that's not something he likes to do. And like I said, we've, we've seen the, the handful of times where he's been faced with a little adversity he doesn't like it a whole lot. He's, he's very competitive, but he's found really productive ways to challenge it. And that's going to happen, and we'll see how he adjusts. And he still, in that game, too, made a play where he and Mejia combined to pick off Vasquez at second base, where he was able to, you know, make a defensive play when it didn't go well offensively. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, those are those are all the things, like I said, the physical gifts that he has are obvious, but channeling emotions you know the mental part of the game is is just as critical you know to stay in it to make those plays to have your head in the right place to you know to be in position to to turn a game like that or make a play to end an inning those are those are huge moments that they don't get picked up in the box score and you know when you're watching a prospect from a distance and you don't you don't see those things night in night out but we're, we've grown accustomed to seeing him make plays like that even when it's not his night at the plate that said, how much of his opening night put a smile on your face? Just the way everything went, the moment, his dad being there, all of that. Those, it's special. You know, there's there's a lot of people in this organization that, you know, are in the background that have so much to do with a player's journey to reach those moments. And that's a large part of why we all do it. We want to win a World Series. You know, we obviously that's that's the big the big goal. Um, and we'll keep working at that. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the lesser goal is we just want players to have the opportunity to make the most of their abilities and to succeed. And, you know, those moments, those nights, you know, Carlos Rodriguez, the job that he did, be getting us in position for Wander to, to commit to us. Danny Santana, you know, uh, his, his work down there. Bobby Heck from the special assignment, some of the looks that special assistant, some of the looks that he's that he got on on Wander in the early going, you know, that put us in a position and, you know, the Julio Zarilla and our academy and acclimating him to the raised way and, uh, you know, Jairo De La Rosa, you know, culturally helping him uh, assimilate and adjust to, to life in the United States, Laura Sutton with English. I mean, there's just so many people that our player development staff, Michael John, so on the relationships that they fostered, like there's just so many people that have a small hand in helping Wander be, you know, reach this point. And, you know, the player does the heavy lifting, you know, at the end of the day, it's ultimately on them. But there's so many people that they contribute, you know, in their own individual way to help them get there and would never, ever take the credit. But in moments like that, you know, you appreciate all that's going on behind the scenes and what we've done to help support them along the way. Mike Trout had to be sent down after, I guess, his first month. Vladdy Jr. had just an OK first year. What would be a good first stretch in the majors for Wonder these first few months? The numbers will... I don't. I don't think it's necessarily looking at a that line. To, you know, to be honest, and you know, we'll we'll see. I, I think it really is with all the added attention. You know, just just keeping tabs on on how he's how he's handling it, how he's managing it, how he's going about his business. You know, how receptive he is to to learning from those around him, and how well he's acclimating to the group, and 
um, and, and fitting in with with the group. You know, we've got we've got a really special clubhouse, and so long as he fits into the fabric of what's going on and and settles in, I think really that's that's the most important thing and making sure that all this doesn't get piled up on top of him in a way that that he struggles to handle but he's he's been carrying those expectations and the attention for a long time now and sure seems wired to do it but you never know until you're in the show and you're you're taking it on firsthand so like i said really to us i think over the next month just making sure there's a consistency and uh, how he shows up every day that, that the personality the energy sustains and as long as that's the case I think the numbers will, will come around to, to be wherever they need to be, and uh, we'll be committed to them in that regard. Eric, great stuff. Thanks for a few minutes. Continued success. All right, Neil. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. And that is the Rays Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations, Eric Neander. Before we continue, why don't we pause for station identification? This is the Rays Baseball Network. WTAE St. Petersburg, W237CW Pinellas Park, WBTP HD3 Clearwater, W224BE Brandon, and iHeart Radio Station. Well, we continue on this week in race baseball and time to take a look at the minor league side. And one of the guys who really has had a terrific first couple months of the season is Curtis Mead, uh, who joins us now. Curtis, thanks very much for a few minutes. Uh, no problem, Neil. Thanks for having me on. For you, this is your first full season of A-ball and your first full season in the race organization. So what has allowed it to be successful so far? Uh, I think it's been a, a really good balance of having a really good group in uh, Charleston. And uh, Charleston's obviously an awesome city. And uh, yeah, I've been able to uh, stay with my girlfriend in Charleston. So there's been a, a few really good factors that have all come together to make it, uh, make it a good start. Offensively is where you've been extremely productive. Are there any changes that you made, let's say, over the course of the last year during the pandemic that have really helped you this year? No real uh, big changes. I think I was... Uh, fortunate enough to get a get some reps back in Australia and 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 have almost 200 at bats in the off season when a, a lot of guys missed out so I think that definitely helped me and set me up for a for a good start in the season I, I want to touch on that but I also want to touch on the fact that you were traded to the Rays from the Phillies organization and then all of a sudden basically baseball stops what was that all like for you yeah it was definitely challenging you know I, I went over from Australia and uh created a really good foundation with the Phillies, got to know the coaches and some guys on the team. And, and then having that taken away from me was really tough initially, obviously came to the Rays and didn't know anyone, didn't know any coaches. So everything was really new, but I knew, I knew the moment that I got there in 2020 for spring training, it was a, it was a special place to be. And I was very fortunate to be traded to the Rays. But then at the same time, baseball stops. So did you stay in the States? Did you go back to Australia? What did you do during the pandemic? Yeah, so I actually stayed in America. I stayed with my girlfriend in Dallas. Um, I was fortunate enough, you know, obviously there was a lot of unknown. So the Rays were like, if you can stay in America, that would be really good. So baseball restarts, it won't be a process to get you back to America. Um, We can just fly you over from Dallas. So I stayed over there till uh, November last year. I uh, went over and played Instructs. Um, in September so I got some got some reps there and then flew back in November and played in the in the ABL in the offseason and then came back in March. From a practical standpoint that had to help too. A you were in Texas which was a state where at least there was a a little more um, ability to be able to work out outside and get your work in but also if you're trying to do zooms with other players Australian time that would have been near impossible right? 
Yeah, that's tough. I've uh, I've got some friends actually with the Phillies, some Australian guys, and I I know they were waking up at three four a.m. just to just to hop on a Zoom call. So for me to be able to do that from Dallas and just hop on at seven p.m. at night was uh was awesome. So yeah, I think that really helped. You obviously, as mentioned, have gone really really well. What do you think makes you a good hitter? What are what are your greatest strengths, Curtis? I would just say my ability to put put the ball in play. I uh. I pride myself on the trying to take quality of at bats day in day out, and I think I think that experience in the ABL of being able to face older, more experienced guys, not as much of the raw young young talent, but more the uh, older, experienced guys, has uh, helped me have a a bit more of a mature approach to hitting. So I think that helps has helped me out this season. What led to your start in the game originally? I'm kind of curious because um, Australia has been, I think, probably more well-known for pitchers, whether it's Grant Balfour or Liam Hendricks, um, and I can go on. There are a number of guys who, who've succeeded. What made you become a position player, and, and how did you get your start? Uh, well, my, my dad played baseball in the local ABL, so he played just within Australia, and then kind of growing up as a kid, it was baseball and some other sports, and it was always around the mark, and then I was fortunate enough to break into the Australian team at the age of 16, and and before then, I hadn't really ever trained for baseball more than five months of the year. I just kind of, in the summer, went out and played with my friends. And then, yeah, from 16 onwards, I started to take it a bit more serious. And, it, yeah, it progressed from there. So so Dad was an infielder as well. So just kind of following in his footsteps. Were there certain players in the States that you enjoyed watching? And if so, who were they? And is there anyone you grew up really wanting to be like, so to speak? I think definitely Derek Jeter. He was a a good role model. I I felt like he was a good uh, good example of how to play the game the right way. So I grew up watching watching him play a bunch. So you um you obviously have been a pretty good contact hitter, which he obviously was as well. It seems though like you're you've added a lot more power to your game so far this year. Is there anything that you've adjusted? Is that intentional? Or you just got physically stronger. Uh, I think just getting a bit physically stronger. Uh, nothing. I haven't made any real adjustments, you know, adding a leg kick or anything like that. It's just kind of come with age, I think. So that's been pleasing to see. And tell me, you said, obviously, you've loved the organization so far. What has stood out? Because this organization has obviously a reputation for helping prospects grow. Yeah, I think I think definitely the development standpoint. Uh, you can tell with the Rays that they, they put a big emphasis on uh, developing the young players because they don't have the ability to go out and buy, buy major league players. So definitely I can tell that they try and develop their young prospects into those bigger players and, and that's how they're so successful throughout all the levels. And I know that you have, you know, the Rays obviously care a lot about versatility. You're a corner infielder. You've played both spots so far. Anything else? Uh, that's it so far. Growing up, I played played a little bit throughout the middle, and uh, so that's always uh, there if need be. But yeah, I mean, not really. We've talked about a little bit, maybe spending some time in the outfield, but yeah, just mainly the corners this season. Well, as you know, the the more positions you can play in this organization, the better off you are. Do you do you guys uh, follow much at the big league level when you're down in Charleston, or what's what's the vibe down there? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think we keep tabs on it. Obviously, with with Wanda getting called up this last last year, it's been cool to see see a guy similar to our age go up there and and uh, make an impact immediately. So that's been special. But 
Yeah, I mean, we, we keep tabs. We we watch videos from the big league games, always trying to learn learn off their mistakes and stuff and, and what they do well. So, so, yeah. How hard is that to fathom for you, being 20 years old also, to see a 20-year-old in the big leagues and hitting a homer in his first game? Yeah, that's pretty special. I mean... It, it makes you it makes you feel close, but at the same time, a long way away. Uh, knowing that he's made his way all the way through the system already, and he's already in the big leagues, but but he's definitely a special player. And as mentioned, you said you'd play back in winter ball this off season in your home country. You were on a different team, I think, than some of the Rays minor leaguers who were there. Did you get to know any of them still through that? Yeah, I, I knew some of them initially before they came over and played. But that was a that was awesome to play against the coaching staff and a few of the guys that I played with. It was a good to have that competitive edge. But yeah, it was good to get to know them and understand them as players. And, and we helped each other out down there. I showed them around a bit, so that was cool. And obviously, the language you know you're not. It's not like having to come over and learn a different language. But uh, culturally, do you think it helps that you've you've seen a different side of culture and it helps you maybe with? players from Dominican Republic or Venezuela who obviously have even greater challenges when they come over to a new country like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously from the get-go, I'm able to speak the same language, but there's definitely some some cultural differences. But uh, yeah, I think I've been able to adapt well and it's definitely uh, humbling to be able to spend time with guys who aren't able to speak the same language and, and understand how much tougher it would be for them as well. Well, so far, so good for you and your team down in Charleston. We wish you continued success, and uh, great to chat with you a little bit, Curtis. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me on. That's Curtis Mead. He leads the Low A East League in Charleston with 56 hits and is hitting 348. Coming up, Carlos Rodriguez and Brady Williams on Wander Franco. This is This Week in Race Baseball on the Race Baseball Network. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball and Brady Williams uh, joining us, and of course, he told Wander the good news that he was going to the big leagues. Brady, tell me how you came up with the idea and, and what led to the way you did it. Uh, really wasn't much thought really in, in how I was going to do it. A little bit of nerves uh, throughout the day because I knew I was going to tell him at some point um, on Sunday, you know, the big league team was playing a little later than us and we had to wait until that game was over. Uh, it just worked out to where we were stopping three hours down the road to get some dinner after the game had the whole group in the, in the same room. We were eating together, uh, just stopped, uh, stopped before we started eating dinner and tried to get the attention of everybody. Had a little toast for, for all the fathers out there and uh, went into telling, telling Warner he was going up. So it was a pretty special moment. He obviously seemed surprised and I think touched by the moment too. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't really paying attention to how his reaction was um, until I saw the video. And, you know, for him to be surprised, it, it kind of made it a little more special. And then how he kind of, Afterwards, he, he talked to the group. Uh, I was really proud that he, he spoke in English and was really proud to be a teammate uh, of them. And it was just a good moment for him, to, for, 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 the, for the whole group. What stood out about him as a teammate and the way that he, you know, acted in his time in Durham? Because that's not easy to be a super prospect and also be a good teammate. No, not at all. Um, and he just kind of, it, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it was a... The, the players here definitely helped him learn a little bit of on how to be a good teammate. And he kind of took to it. He was, he was the first guy to give a high five when a guy scored, uh, when somebody hit a home run, he was the Willie Adamas taking the, taking the helmet off the guy. And these are times when he wasn't really hitting the ball that well. He wasn't having those three for four nights. He was having, you know, one for fours, no for fours, but still pulling for his teammates. And that was special to see. And 
I even told him one day that that's not, it's not easy to do. And to, to see that out of a 20 year old uh, was awesome. And it doesn't go unnoticed. You met, you brought up Willie Adamas. Did he learn something from him either in spring training or being around him last year at the world series? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's watches him on TV. You know, he's, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he looked up to him as how he carried himself. And, you know, Willie is a great human being and a great teammate. And, you know, if Wander learns something from him, that's awesome because, you know, they're both talented young players and wish Willie the best. But, you know, Wander's the he's coming up next and he's he's uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. And hopefully he can be the same teammate that Willie was. How good is he now and how good can he be? It's a great question because, you know, you see by the reaction on when I told him he was going up, he was surprised, but also, you know, kind of kind of like it's about time I got called up kind of look. And so this isn't the final moment for him. This is hopefully just the start of what what he is. He's never said that, you know, he wants to be in the hall. I feel like he, he thinks that. So tell me where he has grown the most since you got to see him last year at the alternate site. Just his, just his maturity. You know, the setting last year wasn't the best to see a player as far as ups and downs and all that stuff, but he had some, he had some, a lot, he had some downs last year, some lows where he wasn't really performing well, but the first guy in the cage, first guy on the half field, if he didn't feel defensively, uh, self-awareness is outstanding. He just, he just, he didn't, he knows he wants to be great whenever that game starts. And when he's not, he's not satisfied. And just to see him grow into in that. And then also the teammate part becoming the teammate that he is now, uh, the smile on his face, the high fives, the, you know, trying to corral the whole team around him. He, he didn't, he wasn't trying, he didn't force it. It just kind of happened organically. Where um, does he have the most room for growth now going forward? I mean, I, I would say in all areas, I mean, he's not a finished product by any means. There's going to be constant guidance on how to handle situations. You know, how much struggles has he really had in his, in, in general? I mean, you hope he continues to hit 300, you know, but what happens if he doesn't? There's going to be, you know, those times where he's going to get through those those rough patches. You know, he's going to make mistakes on the field. He's not a perfect player by any means, and that's what the big league staff is there for. They're going to help him. They're going to guide him. His, his teammates are going to help guide him. But he's 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 fun to watch, man. He's he's an extremely talented player, and looking forward to watching him play in the major leagues. What do you think is uh, the most special part about him as a hitter? Because you've gotten to see obviously his best tool on a regular basis. I think it's just his ability to hit the first pitch of a pitcher that he's never seen before and it doesn't matter what pitch it is that's hard to do and be on time I mean I've seen him hit a first pitch breaking ball for a double I've seen him hit a first pitch 95 hour 95 mile fastball for a home run the ability to control the strike zone you know there's pitches that look like strikes and he takes them for balls and the umpire balls them, and he's like wow how do you how do they see that just his ability to control the strike zone and to be able to hit pretty much any pitch. Is there any moment that you will recall and go, that's something that's going to stick with me about something he did on the field and what? For me, it's, it's his ability to hit a triple. I don't know what, what it is about that, but it's um, when he hits the ball, he's thinking three all the time. He's not thinking a double. And to watch him hit triples, that, I will remember that probably forever. And how about off the field or in the clubhouse or in the dugout or not in an on-field moment? What stands out to you? He's just, he's quiet. He's, he's, he's a quiet kid, confident kid, you know, just reserved. He, he wants to be a part of the team. He doesn't want to be the, the, 
the focus point of what's going on all the time. He just wants to be one of the guys. And I love that about him. You know, he's, uh, he's fun to be around. He's fun to talk to. And it's only the start of, of hopefully a, an awesome career. From your standpoint, Brady, you've seen a lot of good guys and you see the comps. You see who he's been compared to, be it Jose Ramirez, who he grew up in the same area or the top prospects before, like of Vladdy or a Trout. How good can Wander be? He could be extremely, extremely talented. I mean, he's talented. You know, he could be an all-star for many years. You know, I wish him, I wish him all the health. You know, I think, I think staying healthy is number one. Uh, he plays the game hard. He stays healthy. Who knows what he can do because he, the, the ceiling is very high. He's a very talented young man. And defensively, you've seen him grow into a multi-positional guy from a guy who was just a shortstop. Yeah, he's definitely he's a, he's a solid shortstop. You know, the, the thought was getting him some work at third base, and he's taken to it. Uh, and talking with him, asking him, do you want to play? If you didn't play short, you want to play third, second? He's like, probably third. It's probably more comfortable for him on that side of the field. I think when he gets on the other side of the field, he just his footwork isn't quite the same. It's going to take some time, but he can probably still play second. It's just going to take a little bit more time for him to get comfortable there. Brady, thanks for your perspective. Uh, keep up the great work in Durham. All right, Neil. Appreciate the time. That's Durham manager Brady Williams on Wander Franco. Now with a different perspective, Rays Vice President Carlos Rodriguez. Carlos, you oversaw when Wander signed. In that context, what did his debut mean to you? I think it meant a lot to a lot of us, uh, first and foremost. It, it's a significant achievement to even get to this part here. We have a saying here with the Rays, we're built on player development and scouting. It's been the lifeblood of the organization. And to see him get to this point so far, it, it's really a testament that we've accomplished at least the first part of it. And now our goal becomes you know, pushing him to become the best player that Wander can possibly be. And we'll touch on how good he can be. But can you take us back to when you first saw him and how you ended up signing him? Did I read right that you actually were looking at Jesus Sanchez when you signed him at the time when you were introduced to Wander? Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny game. The whole, uh, you know, and it's a, definitely a small world. I think in part because we were, uh, we ended up signing Jesus Sanchez. The relationship that we had with the agent, with the trainer Rudy Santin, who unfortunately passed away last year. Um, and and has has had so many great players, but um yeah that relationship really allowed us to, into some some early access to you know to to knowing about Wander to to seeing Wander and to just be able to you know grab as much footage as possible. So you know he, he was definitely a player from the early on that you know a lot of our our guys Danny Santana down on the ground really you know w- was high on him uh, immediately. Bobby Heck and Steve Miller you know they were right on board and and really pushing to to make sure we did everything we you know we could to uh, be in position to, you know, to make a call on him. And so it fortunately worked out, but a lot of great memories thinking back to that time. We don't get to talk much about those scouts. So was Danny here for the debut? And if not, what did it mean to him? Did you text? Did you chat? What did it mean to him? Oh, man, it was pretty great. Unfortunately, he was not able to be here because he's looking for the next Wander Franco right now. And, and that's just the, kind of the way that it goes. It's, you know, just on to the on to, to the next one. But I did uh, reach out to him and, you know, touch base with a, a lot of our guys that really were um, instrumental in, in, in getting to this point. And I told him, despite looking forward and, you know, things obviously like – we move on and you know I, I told him to, that it's really important to take a, a moment and be appreciative of the journey that that we've had so far and and to be thankful and yeah and to really enjoy it and so he, I think he was texting with his dad uh you know 
And, and matter of fact, Danny, uh, and I, I promise you this, Danny was texting with his with Wander's dad that you guys saw on, on the video. And he says, hey, I need you to grab a video. He's going to hit a homer to left field tonight. And so sure enough, you know, he hits a homer to left field or whatever, and he's going back and forth with Danny on, on the phone. So these are like the special memories and special you know, sort of relationships that, that you build over time. And, you know, without Danny and, and really like a, really a, a lot of our guys down there on the ground that were really instrumental in, in forming this, Jairo De La Rosa being another one that was really uh, critical in us, like getting to where we are today. You know, without those guys, then you know, I don't know that we're in this position today. When you signed him, how special did you think he could be? And has he come any quicker than you might have thought? I think when whenever we certainly we we thought he was going to be pretty special. I mean, we he had the highest bonus in, in that class. Certainly, if we knew he was going to be this good, we probably would have uh, done more, you know, more if possible. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we had pretty high expectations of him as a player, as a person, and I think he's even managed to exceed some of those expectations uh, today. And each day, he surprises us with something, you know, something new. And the the great thing about Wander is his willingness and and his desire to really be a great player and the, his willingness to to put in the work. And so we try to feed that as much as possible and try to push him. And I, I think a lot of you know a lot of credit deserving for our player development staff, our ATS group last year that. I mean, that's a really critical time that a, a, a player who hadn't gotten past a ball and is in this at this crossroad, uh, so to speak, and could be it could have been really detrimental him not playing. And I think they did a tremendous job. And I think in all this, uh, that's going to be a moment in which that group of players was pretty talented. And I think it's, we're going to look back and, and uh, see that as a really critical part of his own development. When you sign a player for $3.8 million as a teenager, you don't know how they're going to respond. But everything I hear is he's one of the most competitive kids you're going to find. Where has he surprised you in terms of his growth? I think just dealing with all the, the things that come with, with the hype is is really been impressive. I can't even pretend to, to know what it's like to, you know, age 18, 17, you know, people all over you and, you know, autograph. See, I remember in, in Bowling Green, like there was secure, extra security just because of uh, people, you know, coming to – get him to sign stuff and he'd stay there and he'd just there for like an hour and just, you know, sign, you know, sign things for, for kids. And, um, I think just, he's, I think the really impressive thing about him, uh, besides like the physical talent and ability when he's on the baseball field, it's baseball and he's able to lock in in, in a really incredible way. And that's a, a skill that part of it's uh, nurtured. The other parts, you know, certainly the majority of it is God given. And it's definitely helpful for him to to have grown up in the circles that he has in Bani uh, with his family that, you know, they grew around. They all played pro ball. His, his father and two brothers, his uncles obviously played in the majors and just not being intimidated by the setting and, and growing up and having people around him like Jose Ramirez from his own hometown and, and other uh, big league players. So when it comes down to it, that's a really tough thing to appreciate, uh, but it's something that he's definitely impressed us with. The moment he had in his debut, obviously, is one I think we're all going to remember. But how good do you think he can be going forward? And where do you think he has the most room for growth? There's really no telling that. And that's really the exciting part of that. He is uh, such a unique player, just his ability to impact offensively, on the base paths, uh, in the field, his ability to move around and his willingness to play multiple positions, which is pretty inc- incredible if you think about it. I, I think, I don't know, like I, I'm excited though. I'm excited for the possibilities and I, I think, you know, the sky's the limit and these are things that we're 
you know, like I said before, going to try to nurture as much as possible and push them and, you know, let those things kind of take care of themselves. But certainly the possibilities are very exciting. How does the success that he's had so quickly moving through your system help the organization going forward with trying to sign players from the Dominican and Venezuela, if at all? The really cool thing about this is that guys were, you know, guys look up to him and say, man, he just signed like he was just in Bowling Green like a couple years ago. Like, you know, and I think there's there's just a connection point, knowing that you're peer, knowing the, the guys in the ATS that you're competing with and against. And we have some really great players down in Durham, you know, right now that are that are very, very close. And they know like, oh, man, like I he was, you know, I competed with that guy and and you know, we posted up in the ATS or we played together and wherever. And so I think it's certainly it's helpful knowing that they have a wander, you know, as a great player, but he's also, you know, a great teammate and, and a great asset to the organization, I think. And so I, I certainly think that guys knowing that he's there and knowing that they were just together, you know, not too long ago is helpful and, and seeing kind of light at the end of the tunnel on which otherwise may seem like a long journey to the big leagues. And in Latin America, does it help at all? Because people see you guys were the the ones who signed Wander Franco. You moved him quickly through the organization. If you feel a guy is that equipped, he has a chance to shine quickly in the big leagues because it is very competitive now, more competitive than ever for players because of uh, the way the, the monies are divided. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think that it certainly helps, right? Um, I think it helps to to have multiple players that are having success. I think that it, it says that we exhaust everything in, in order to get the most out of our players. Uh, we treat players well. I think that the experience from the academy all the way up, everything that we do on the, you know, even outside of the field, like the life skills part, the cultural simulation, the uh, language training, like just the support that we give these players is really important. And I, and I hope that uh, a lot of these guys, Wander included, are, you know, are a reflection of of what we can offer those players. And I think, I think trainers and agents, like they want to sign players with teams that are gonna that are successful getting us to the big leagues too, right? Like if I'm an agent or if I'm a trainer, I want to say like, hey, I signed so and so, and you know he's in the majors, and so I think it definitely helps. You know, all things equal, and uh, we're re- you know really really proud of that. Congratulations on the latest, and hopefully more success to come. And that is Carlos Rodriguez, and special thanks to the Rays vice president for being with us on the program, as well as all of our guests on the show today, including. Race pitcher Ryan Yarbrough, who will be starting in about 30 minutes. Ray's executive vice president and general manager Eric Neander, as well as Curtis Mead, uh, standout prospect, and also Durham manager Brady Williams. If you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet me. Do so at Neil Solons. Next week, we will sit down with Red Hot reliever Colin McHugh and a whole lot more. Special thanks today to my producer, Rob Roman. I'm Neil Solons. Coming up, it's the pregame show. Rays trying to sweep the Angels here at Tropicana Field. This is the Rays Baseball Network.